This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Series. We have an uh, NBA Finals is shaping up to be a pretty good one. No one saw it. what what we've seen. The first two games has been shocking. As I'm sitting there watching, I'm saying, "Wow, did not see that coming." And we talked about this after Game One, how bizarre it was that Celtics comeback, the greatest comeback in NBA Finals history, down double digits going into the fourth quarter, win by double digits. Just just cut the heart out of the Warriors. And if the Celtics had won last night, it'd be over. It'd be over. They'd be coming home. We'd be talking about, you know, five games, six games, four games. How long would it take? But the Warriors bounced back in a wild, again, a wild third quarter. Celtics uh, had issues last night. But I'm going to tell you why the Boston Celtics will still win the championship. Because uh, last night, their guy, their guy came up big, Jason Tatum, their best player was very good. He was very good. Uh, He played 34 minutes, scored 28 points, six of nine on threes. And he was minus 36, which uh, this plus minus in NBA games is so bizarre. He was plus 27 in the fourth quarter of game one and didn't score a point. He scores 28, and he's minus 36 because he was out there when the uh, Warriors ran the Celtics off the floor. Uh, but I, I, if I'm if I'm rooting for the Warriors, if I'm watching the Warriors, I say, who is going to step up? Who's going to come through for us in game three and four on the road, hostile environment? They got one star. He's a superstar. He's the greatest shooter ever, and he's been spectacular in these two games. But, I mean, hell. He doesn't ever, he's never open. They're on him. He's he's hitting unbelievable shots. Curry last night scored 29 points. He had five threes. Um, but Clay Thompson stinks. He he he's just not right. He's he's hurt. He's coming back from an injury and he's and he looks it. Tell me who steps up if Curry or even if Curry scores 35, you know, even if he's nailing threes, who on that team, you think on the road, do you think Jordan uh, Poole or uh, Andrew Wiggins is going to come up big and win you an NBA title? See, I think the Celtics are better because they're deeper and they're great on the defensive end, except in the third quarter, but they're, you know, they're a very good defensive team. So I think everything will be okay. And I'm with the Boston Globe. Boston Globe, Tara Sullivan said, hey, when you go on the road, you just want to split, right? Think how stupid that is. You're already up 1-0. You're not looking for a split when you go up one game to none. You're looking to make it two games to none. So they're they're disappointed, but it was amazing how, uh, like, Al Horford. Al Horford didn't take a three. He had six threes in game one. He was zero for zero in game two. Is his sister uh, chirping on Twitter? Have you noticed? Is Anna Horford chipping on chirping on Twitter? There are people like you who lost your bet, Ironhead, are bitching about the refs, but the refs have been excellent. And I love bashing refs. I often bash refs. But um, I'm sorry, this was not on the refs. This was on the Boston Celtics. This was on the the backup singers. This was not on Jason Tatum. I mean, Jalen Brown was not, not good. He went five for 17. Uh, not not a good night for Jalen Brown, but all you know, guys like Horford and uh, and uh, and and uh, uh, White, Derek White, he had his moments, but uh, you know Grant Williams, guys like that didn't come up big when when uh, you know Jason Tatum didn't have the ball. But I don't see the Warriors coming in and uh, kicking their ass in Boston because I love watching Steph Curry play. He's amazing. He is an an unbelievable shooter. He shoots 30 footers like they're 10 footers. He's just so comfortable stroking from, from way the hell out there. So, you know, you cover him, Marcus smart stays on him. You put the onus on someone else like Clay Thompson, who went four for 19, one of eight on threes and just looks off and guys like, and it's hard to imagine him getting, getting it all together on the road. But, uh, that was uh, that was an entertaining game. It's been an entertaining series. I look forward to uh, Game Three in Boston 
on Wednesday night, late night, once again, starting at nine o'clock for some unknown. I mean, the ratings stink so far. The TV ratings stink. The games have been entertaining, in my opinion, but the country's not watching because they're on too late. And I'm serious when I say I think some people, not not everybody, not me, are turning it off because pro sports, because the NBA is so woke. They don't they don't want to see. You know, Steve Kerr with his end gun violence shirt. Quick question for Steve Kerr. There were 15 mass shootings in this country over the weekend, all over the place. Uh, I just watched a recap of the mass shootings uh, in, in America. Um, there were, they're everywhere. They're Chattanooga, Philadelphia. Hell, you got the Philadelphia one on live TV. <laughs> if you want to see it, this videotape. Of this, uh, of this shooting, which killed, I believe, three people, injured 15, something like that. There, there were shootings all over the country. They won't, I don't think, I don't think Steve Kerr will be pounding the table today when he does his press conference. I don't think he'll break down in tears. I don't think he'll, I, I don't think he'll wear a T-shirt uh, uh, in reaction to all these mass shootings because they don't fit the narrative. I don't think... I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess, I'm going to double check, but I have not confirmed this. I'm sorry, 10 mass shootings, 15 killed in these mass shootings, 10 mass shootings in the, over the weekend, 15 killed, 60 injured. Will Steve Kerr, you're the betting man, Ironhead, will Steve Kerr mention this today when he does his press conference? I'm going to go with no and absolutely not. <laughs> no, he'll still be talking about Uvalde uh, because I don't think... I'm going to guess none of the 10 mass shootings over the weekend was committed with an AR-15. Zero. Do you think I'm correct in that? Okay. So once we ban the AR-15, and again, go ahead and ban it. Let's see what happens. It doesn't affect me. So the, the, the solution to the problem of violence, gun violence, the gun violence that Steve Kerr and, by the way, uh, Udoko, uh, Ime, they, they, they both wore those T-shirts yesterday, end gun violence. While they're wearing them, there are these gun, these, these shootings all over the country. And they don't mention it. They don't talk about it. They don't read about it. They don't pound the table. They don't seem to care if, if there's no AR-15 and if it's a black guy shooting other black guys. Steve Kerr doesn't care unless it's, and same with Joe Biden, by the way, same with most Democrats. If the shooter in, and here's, here's the locations, uh, Philadelphia, Omaha, Chattanooga, Somerton, South Carolina, Phoenix, Mesa, Socorro, Texas, Chesterfield, Virginia, Macon, Georgia, Saginaw, Michigan. Now, I haven't gone through all the details in all 10 mass shootings, but if it's a black guy shooting other black guys, Steve Kerr doesn't care. Joe Biden doesn't care. You know, Chris Murphy doesn't care. Ayanna Presley, they don't care if it's a white guy or a Hispanic guy shooting a Hispanic. Then they say, "Oh, let's uh, let's exploit that. Let's take advantage of that." So if we ban the AR-15, say we banned it last week immediately, no magically, no AR-15s. All ten of the mass shootings over the weekend, they still happen, right? Oh yeah, they still happen. Sure do. And then, then what? What does Joe Biden say? What does is, what is, uh, Jean-Pierre, Karine Jean-Pierre say today? What does, you know, CNN, MSNBC, what does Scarborough, Joe Scarborough say? I mean, do, do, do they have any shame at all? They only want to talk about a mass shooting if it's committed by a white guy, and they really want to talk about if it's a white guy and a and a, a black victim or a Hispanic victim. I mean, it's the most despicable uh, uh, identity example of identity politics. Let uh, identity politics. Let me see what color the victim is, and then I'll rail about the gun, or then I'll rail about white supremacy or uh, the the gun culture. Then I'll wear a T-shirt and gun violence. Excuse me, Steve. Did you hear about all the gun violence this weekend? Does it matter to you when there are countless shootings every weekend in Chicago or Philadelphia or Baltimore? Does that matter? It's just amazing. The the hypocrisy, the double standard, like this is like today, if there's a mass shooting today, Steve Kerr finds out the shooter was white or the shooter used an AR-15. He'll talk, he'll lead his press conference with it. 
But if you have 10 shootings and they're all committed by black guys, he doesn't even mention it. He doesn't care. It's like, I mean, it, it, that that's racist. You know, Steve Kerr is a racist. Let's be honest. He only cares about gun shootings. If there's some <clears throat> rate, uh, gun violence, if there's racial implications or if there's an AR 15, otherwise shoot away, kill each other. Who cares? It's, it's, it's amazing. And I think, I think maybe at some point someone, you know, cause the whole national media is assembled. Maybe at some point someone will ask that fraud, you know, did you notice all the shootings? Did that upset you? Are you going to pound the table? Are you going to cry, Steve? Are you going to walk off and storm off and say you're sick of it? Are you going to say it's all the fault of the politicians? It's if, if you use illegal guns, people like Steve Kerr don't care if it's a registered AR 15, they go nuts. What about all the illegal guns? I'm going to guess most of these shootings over the weekend were committed with illegal guns, but somehow that doesn't bother Steve Kerr. But, but hey, he put a T-shirt on. It said, end gun violence. I made some snarky, I, some snarky tweet. Said it'll help as that T-shirt will help about as much as the mask that Kerr and, and uh, uh, Udoko wear. Um, and immediately, so you're not, are you for gun violence? You, why can't you agree? We should end gun violence. I'm sorry. I'm tired of just hollow virtue signaling. You think everyone would be tired of that after two years of hollow COVID virtue signaling. But we're going to get to the uh, best example of hollow virtue signaling and the best example of real courage in 2022. And I'm not talking about the the heroic mother in Uvalde. We're going to get to her. We know, no, we heard from the woman who was handcuffed by the cops in Uvalde when she was trying to get to save her own children. She's speaking out. And by the way, once they fire that bum, that Arredondo, uh, stand down, Adondo, I call him, or Pedro Arredondo, the police chief, who's now a city councilor. Once they justice is done and that bum is is uh, frog marched out of city hall in handcuffs, this woman I'm going to nominate her new police chief. What do you think? She might not have any experience, but she's got balls. She's got guts. And as uh, as the sergeant drill sergeant said in uh, Full Metal Jacket, sometimes guts is enough. She's got guts. She went in there, tried to save. She did find her children. Her two sons are both alive, but. She goes off, lots of people are going off on the Uvalde Police Department, but for some reason, there's been no action. For some reason, that bum, that bloated rat, uh, Arredondo, is going to show up at work today. He's going to show up at the police station and show up at City Hall. Why are we sitting here two weeks later and nobody has paid a price for allowing children to be slaughtered? We will get to her in the latest in Uvalde, uh, we'll get to uh, the uh, the courageous Tampa Bay Rays who will not, who, who refuse to wear the rainbow flag on their uniforms. They're, the Tampa Bay Rays are in competition as the single wokest organization. They don't hesitate to tweet, you know, you know whatever, the, the rainbow flags and everything else that they're, that the woke mob wants them to, but they got five players that showed real guts. We'll see if they start a trend. We have... Uh, we're going to celebrate. We have the first transgender cheerleader in the NFL, Carolina Panthers. My question would, to the Panthers would be, you think a lot of your fans really want to see transgender cheerleaders? I mean, it just they're just trying too hard. The whole point of cheerleaders is just to... <laughs> to give guys something to look at. You know, when they spend their hard-earned money, they want to see scantily clad women. I'm just going to guess that, that this is not, they're not clamoring for uh, transgender cheerleaders, but this is where we are today in 2022. I saw the Ricky, <clears throat> excuse me, the Ricky Gervais special. I'll give you my review. I'll just say I laugh my ass off. I, I love Ricky Gervais's style. He doesn't even care necessarily if you laugh. He just wants to piss off all the right people. So my uh, tip, my cap to uh, uh, Ricky Gervais. I'll give you my review. And uh, a cop sent saved a suicidal man 
over the weekend here in Boston. He was getting ready to jump off the Tobin Bridge and a heroic cop saved him. And I'm just waiting for all the tweets, all the statements, all the commendations from Ayanna Presley and Liz Warren and Ed Markey and the rest of the frauds who never hesitate to bash cops. Not much from them when the cops do something heroic. We'll get to that and a lot more on today's Callahan Show brought to you by Nugenics. Hey guys, are you getting up there in age and feel like you just can't get in shape anymore? It's not your fault. As men age, our body naturally loses free testosterone, the man hormone. It happens to every man and can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic and active. You want more energy to counter the negative effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, and get better results at the gym and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total Tea contains man-boosting key ingredients like Testofen. It's been validated in five clinical studies and shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. While every product professes quality, many other products use generic ingredients that are often far less than clinical grade. With Nugenics Total Tea, you get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials. And Nugenics formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. Don't let the aging process rob you of your energy and drive. Re-energize your life and help get back that winning edge you had in your youth. Now you can get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text Jerry to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. Text Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, to 231231. Text Jerry to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at Nugenics.com slash terms. All right, the, the names of the five Tampa Bay players, pitchers, who refused to wear the gay pride logo. And I'm just going to say that, 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 you know, if, if you want to wear it, wear it. If you don't, you should have the right not to. They objected on religious grounds. I'm just waiting for the usual suspects to pounce. I'm waiting for the whole lineup at ESPN today and all the mainstream media. We have a new villain in professional sports. His name is Jason Adam, a relief pitcher for the, uh, a good one for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. He is uh, speaking for the group of five. That would be Jason Adam, Jalen Beeks, Brooks Raley, Jeffrey Springs, and Ryan Thompson. The Tampa Bay Rays, as I said, super woke. They never fail to tweet out all the rainbow flags and all the colors of the rainbow and, you know, trans rights and everything else. Well, some of their players are Christian and they didn't want to wear the rainbow flag and they didn't. That takes guts. I'm just going to say in this day and age, that takes guts. The media will hate these guys. Um, Some of the media will probably hate them forever. Deadspin's probably already got a whole piece on these guys are all bums. But Jason Adams says he talked to, uh, I believe, the the Tampa Bay Times. um, And he says... um, It's a hard decision because ultimately we all said what we want is them to know that all are welcome and loved here. But when we put on our, but what we put, when we put it on our bodies, I think a lot of guys decided that it's just a lifestyle that maybe not that they look down on anybody or think differently. It's just that maybe we don't want to encourage it if we believe in Jesus who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior just like Jesus encouraged me as a heterosexual male to abstain from sex outside of the confines of marriage. It's no different. Now you can object to that. Obviously everybody, most you know, media members, they don't believe in Jesus or give a damn about anyone's religion, but you have to agree. It takes guts to stand up to the mob in this day and age. The, the, the Rays tweeted out their rainbow uh, design on their uniform and their hats and we we'll celebrate every, but when you think about it, we talked about this the other day, you're celebrating somebody's sexuality, just the whole idea of for a month, we're supposed to wear little, wear the colors and wave the flag literally to celebrate someone's sexuality when they have all the rights and freedoms of everyone else and every, everyone says, you know, we uh, acceptance, 
acceptance is so passe. We want celebration now. We went from, we just want to be equal. We want to have the same rights as everyone else. We want acceptance, I don't know, 10 years ago to now, damn it, you must celebrate us because of who we have sex with. And then you go through the whole LBGTQTSI plus thing and you say, okay, we have to celebrate everybody, including intersex, which by the way, I'm not sure how intersex, the I gets lumped in. Intersex is essentially a, a birth defect to someone with, with, with uh, sexual organs that, <laughs> that are uh, multifaceted, shall we say, at birth. They didn't, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure they all want to be lumped in with the LBGTQ crowd, but whatever. And a couple of players had the guts enough to stand up and say, we don't want to celebrate someone's sexuality. We have nothing against them. We accept them. We support them. We don't want anybody discriminating against them, but we don't want to celebrate. That's all the Tampa Bay Rays said that uh, this is just breaking. This just happened yesterday. So, I will be prepared. I'll be get, getting ready for uh, for all the bashing of Jason Adam and the rest of the uh, the Rays, and of course, everyone will be uh, rooting against them now. Um, I'll be curious if this starts. If anyone looks at this, players from other teams, super woke teams like the Boston Red Sox, what's going to happen if a Boston Red Sox player says, "I really don't want to wear the rainbow." Um, the Boston Globe will make it its mission to destroy that player. Oh yeah. You watch, you wait. But this is where we're at, where we were we are at now in professional sports. Players, religious players, you know, conservatives, super conservative guys who are very religious are told you must submit, you must comply, and if you don't um, they're going to come after you. Get ready Jason Adam. These people, they don't play. They don't mess around. If you don't comply, if you don't submit, if you don't wear their rainbow flag, then you are a bigot and a hater, and they are going to want to destroy you. Um, this will be interesting because, again, it wasn't enough to have a day. You know, you have a day. You have one, you have one day for uh, veterans who died in war. Gold Star families get one day, Memorial Day. The LBGTQ mob gets a month and you must submit and comply and celebrate them for one month or they will attempt to destroy you. So good luck for the Tampa, to the Tampa Bay Rays. I'd like to say I'd be rooting for them, but they're just such a woke organization that just goes over the top with everything and everyone. Uh, and and um, uh, that, that's why it takes guts, because not only are they uh, defying the mob and the media, but they're defying their own franchise. So, uh, Good luck to these pitchers. Um, I hope they stand their ground. We still have uh, 24 more days to celebrate. Um, wouldn't it be more appropriate on January 6th to celebrate D-Day, you know, and the great, the, 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 the most heroic Americans we've ever seen who stormed the beaches at Normandy and, and uh, defeated uh, evil, pure evil. Today's a big day in America, or it should be, it shouldn't be about the rainbow flag. It should be about the guys who, who saved you know, Western civilization. Uh, but that, that with those guys, yeah. what, <laughs> what, what'd they ever do? What'd they accomplish? <laughs> what they, I don't know, but uh, I'm sure the Tampa Bay Rays are uncomfortable with this, which makes it even more commendable. I tell you what, as we watch sports get more woke, we've talked a lot about, Guys like Steve Kerr and their selective outrage. By the way, are we going to hear anything today after 10 mass shootings about red flag laws, background checks, raising the age? I guess we will because of Evaldi and Buffalo, but would red flag laws or background checks have stopped any of the mass shootings over the weekend? Any of them. Would banning an AR-15 stopped any of them? So every single measure we've debated and discussed and cable news is obsessed with every single measure would have failed to stop all the mass shootings over the weekend. But somehow that's just not on anybody's radar, but all right, we're going to get to the soup. The, that, that was the baseball. This is baseball going woke forcing. I shouldn't say forcing encouraging players to wear the flag. Um, this one, this one just made me laugh out loud. This from the daily mail. 
the National Football League has hired its first openly transgender cheerleader. Now, if this were the, I don't know, the 49ers or the Patriots, I'd say, okay, you know, they, they, they're just placating the media, the mob in their, uh, uh, in their far left uh, community. This is the Carolina Panthers. Justine Lindsay, 29, told the world in an Instagram post that she made the Top Cats. That would be the cheerleading squad for the Carolina Panthers. Um, <laughs> there's a picture of Justine. Um, she, in the same post, she announced that she'd come out as transgender. The cats are out of the bag. You're looking at the new member of the Carolina Panthers, Top Cats, Top Cats cheerleaders, as the first transgender female. I'd like to thank the beautiful and talented dancers who supported me along the way. Lindsay will now represent the Carolina Panthers at everything from community events and fundraisers to business conferences. Now, do you think, and they claim she's just a great dancer and, you know, great cheerleader, but do you think uh, Justine made the squad because she's a great dancer or because she's a great cheerleader? Or do you think they just want to... <laughs> They just want to throw a bone to the mob. Here we go. We got a transgender uh, person. By the way, the picture you showed of her full, the full body, she's uh, looks a little awkward to me. Um, I'll wait. I'll wait past judgment when I see Justine dance at the community events. But this is, to me, misreading your audience. You really think a lot of Carolina Panthers fans, the guys, the rednecks, the ghosts to the games that spend all their money they, they, they really, they, they're really thrilled that they have a transgender cheerleader. She made the team. Justine made the team just so the uh, Carolina Panthers can wave the flag, say, look at us. We're the first. I just don't know how this is going to go over with their fans. We will see. But it's, this is, this is pro sports today. You know, the, the organizations, they are bending to the mob. They are afraid to stand up. It takes you know, little known relief pitchers to stand up to these people and uh, the organizations themselves, they ain't doing it. They're not standing up. They're not fighting. They're not going to, they're not going to dare defy this mob. So we'll see how this goes with the, uh, with the, uh, with the Panthers fans. Um, But I'm going to guess not, not going to be a popular move, but they don't care about their fans. They care about uh, the media and the mob. And I'm going to guess, you know, Roger Goodell and the main the NFL offices, they want to do this just to, uh, they all do all the, all the leagues, all the commissioners, as I've mentioned many times, Rob Manfred's the worst. Um, Rob Manfred's not going to be happy with these Tampa Bay pitchers, by the way, I don't know what he can do about it, but he's not going to be happy. The hell with your religious freedom, your rights, just do what you're told. But all right, let's get to this Evaldi uh, mother because I love her. Although I'm reading she may have a, a criminal record. And that's one reason that they uh, they knew that she had a, had a history. But I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what her history is. I don't care what she's done in the past unless she's, you know, a murderer or a, you know, <laughs> a, whatever, a international criminal. She's a mother. She's a mother who was told your kids who were told at one point, your kids are in that school. There's an active shooter. He's killing children. And the cops are holding the parents back. The cops are getting ready to tase parents, which is still mind boggling. So dumb. The, the, the cop, at least one cop had his taser out. And at least, at least one point they handcuffed this woman to keep her, from going in the school, Rob Elementary School, to save her sons. Well, she fought back and she got free and she went in there and she found her kids and they're safe and she's speaking out. And as we listen to her, I, I just can't get over the fact that that nothing's been done, that nothing, nothing has been done to the cowards who stood in the hallway and listened to the gunfire. Nothing has been done to that big, fat, bloated coward who made the call, told everyone to stand down. We have a barricaded suspect who's shooting kids, but he's a barricaded suspect. Let's just wait him out. This is a mother who found her children alive. And we heard from the uh, border patrol guy 
who was the hero who left the barbershop, went in, he found his daughter and wife alive. These aren't the parents who are in hell right now, who know their children died and know the cops did nothing. Those people, they're going to eventually be speaking out and they're eventually going to be demanding action, demanding justice. How does, how does Arredondo survive this long? How is he not fired, if not arrested? It's just mind-boggling to me that the guy's showing up at work and he's ducking the media and running in the back door and collecting checks and making decisions. The guy who let kids die is, is, uh, is not only free, but he's in, in, in a position of power. But um, let's get to mom, tiger mom, if ever there was one, if ever there were one, is this, uh, this brave woman who's, uh, who found her kids, found her sons, God bless her. Do you have her name? What's her name? I'm looking for it again. Here it is. What's mom's name? Do you have it there, Ironhead, in front of you? Uh, one second. Dumb question. Dumb question. But <laughs> I was she ready. Looks, by the way, she, she looks like she's about sixteen. She's a. She's. She looks fiery. Like I. I'm sure she put up a hell of a fight, and and won. I mean, like I said, she got through the the rope line, the 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 tape, the crime tape, and uh, got in the school. But uh, let's listen to her uh, uh, explain how it all went down. Arrest you because you're being very uncooperative. I said, well, you're going to have to arrest me because I'm going in there and I'm telling you right now, I don't see none of y'all in there. Y'all are standing with snipers and y'all are far away. I'm, if y'all don't go in there, I'm going in there. He right, immediately put me in cuffs. She says after Evaldi police officers told marshals to uncuff Gomez, she ran towards the school. As soon as they uncuffed me, I jumped that first gate fence. And once I jumped it, I went to my son's class. And I knocked on the door and I remember the teacher saying, um, I'm like, hey, they're already, they're already um, boach cutting the fence to get me. She's like, you think we have time to get out? I said, y'all have time. I'm going to run for my other son. Once she was assured her son was okay, Gomez ran to get her other child, encountering more officers who tried to stop her. So I start yelling and I'm being a cooperative and I'm like, well, y'all aren't doing shit. What are y'all doing? Y'all ain't doing Y'all need to be in here. Give me your best. Somebody give me a best. Some, something. I started paying attention to how far the shots were being so that I knew the shooter was all the way still by my first son's class. So when I went to my son, my second son's door, the teacher didn't want to open the door for me. So that's when they started um, escorting me out. And as I, as I see that they're opening my son's door, I go run for my son and I get him. With both of her kids out safe, Gomez still can't shake the thought of those who didn't make it. While you were inside the school, did you see officers there inside the school? There was not one the officer inside the school when I ran to areas. my second son's class. There was not one officer. And you were hearing gunshots, so you knew you that could hear the it gunshots. was an active shooter. It was still active. The gunshots were still active. They were not in there. There was no one in there. If anything, when I pulled up, my car was closer to the school than, the, where, than where the snipers and everybody that was laying on the ground were. Oh, my God, is that infuriating? I can't imagine. We just showed video of her running out of the school with her two sons, one on each side, same blue hat on. That's Angeli, Angeli Gomez. And um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not totally serious about making her the police chief, but I hope she remains the face. She did a better of, job. Uh, and she's not afraid to go before the cameras and tell the story. That coward, Arredondo, you know, he, we saw him running from CNN, running in the back door at City Hall because he's afraid to face the cameras. He's not cooperating with authorities. I mean, he has to be arrested. He has to be shamed publicly. Uh, there's just no other way. You know, if there was an excuse or something, you know, extenuating circumstance, we would have heard it. You know, they would have leaked it to the media. We would heard it. There's nothing. There's nothing. He choked. He was afraid. He, and, and I, I'm going to assume some of the cops in the hallway, they were afraid too, just like in Parkland in Florida, when you saw the video of those cowardly cops hiding behind cement uh, walls or uh, as kids are being slaughtered, those cowards, same deal here. It's amazing. I mean, there's no bigger supporter of the cops than I am, but this, I'm, I'm ready to defund the Evaldi police, fire them all, start over. Uh, it, it's remarkable that they were in the hallway or out in the yard there and they heard gunshots. So if your idiot 
boss, your cowardly boss is telling you it's a barricaded suspect. And you know, it's not, I mean, that's why the border patrol agent went in there. He knew it wasn't a barricaded suspect holding hostages. They, they stopped him. And you know what, when you consider the, the cowards that were in the hallway that were making the decisions, it's amazing. There, there weren't more than 19 kids killed 19 kids and two teachers. The guy had an hour, more than an hour. There were 600 kids in the school. I mean, I hate to you know put a happy face on this, but it could have been a hell of a lot worse, a hell of a lot worse when you consider how how spineless these these cops were and how it took parents. That's an unarmed woman who appears to be about 102 pounds mm. who went in the school to save her children. While she's going in the school, the guys with the vests and the helmets and the goggles and the tasers and the rifles and the carbines. They're hiding outside. They're hiding, you know, in the hallway. And she storms in there and saves her own children. That's somebody who should be on you know, every every cable news show. Hell, she should be on Jimmy Kimmel. How about that, Jimmy? Instead of having Joe Biden on Wednesday, when you just, you know, Jimmy right now is aroused. Jimmy is excited. He's going to have Joe Biden on. He's going to suck his toes and, and talk about Trump and blame Trump for everything and say, what a great job Biden's doing, because I don't know what, I don't know how they're going to spin it, but, and they're going to giggle and I don't know, shoot baskets or something. And there'll be no questions about all the disasters that we've seen in the last year and a half, but why not have Angelie Gomez on instead uh, and to tell her story? It, it's, uh, and you know what? They probably want to, they're probably right now finding a way to say, we need to stop her from talking. We haven't even heard from the parents of the 19, essentially. We haven't heard them sit down and tell their story. How devastating is that going to be when they say, yeah, I was there. I was behind the tape. I was, I was, I heard, I heard my son or daughter die. I heard the screams. I heard the shots. I watched as the cops stood down that, that person, those, that, mother, that father, that whatever, grandmother, grandfather, who sits and tells that story, that is going to be devastating. I'm not sure that blob Eridano is going to be able to survive that. But uh, Angelie Gomez, I don't even know if she has, um, if she's uh, gainfully employed, but I think she should be. Police Chief Uvalde, Uvalde uh, PD. What do you think? Think it works? She got more balls than anyone in that office. Uh, you know, you look, you look at her. She went right in the school. She asked them to give her. A, she asked them to give her their vests, and they didn't. She went in without a vest, without a gun, and found her kid. And I, I always think that about the cops who were cowering in fear in the hallway. They're, you know, most for the most part, they're probably townies, right? They're, they probably live there. They probably know people in the town. They have to live in that community and if they keep their jobs, wouldn't it be worse to, to, to do that than to die a hero when you think about it? If they had done with their job and stormed the gate, they probably would have you know, survived. They were all, uh, they had the gear, they had the guns, they, they probably would have survived. But even if they didn't, if they got injured, they would be a hero. They're now forever cowards in their hometown, forever cowards in the eyes of everybody in that community. Forget just the parents, everybody. They're going to look at an Uvalde police car or a cop at, you know, whatever on detail at some construction site and say, that's one of the cowards. These, these guys disgraced their department forever. And you don't just recover from that. They, they should all be fired first of all, but then they should move out of town, go somewhere else, except for Arredondo. He should move into a prison, a, a state prison where hopefully he'll live miserably ever after. I can't imagine he's going to have too many friends in prison seeing how he let children die. All right, I got to get to my uh, Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais uh, review. Saw that over the weekend. Um, we got we can do some more in the Celtics game. I haven't even checked in to see how much money Iron had lost. I know you lost some. Uh, that you can't afford to lose, but uh, we'll get your uh, we'll get your take on Game Three. I don't know what uh, and get the line for me on Game Three because I have a I'm going to predict right now a Celtics win, Celtics cover, Celtics uh, click on on Game Three at home. Curry 
plays well, but doesn't get any help. That's my prediction for game three. And, uh, and my, my, my suggestion is watch Ricky Gervais. All right, what do I got now? Raid. Radix. Radix. Yep. All right, let's do Radix. Then we'll get to that. Ricky Gervais and uh, more Celts and this Hero Cup. Since we've done some cop bashing, I've done more cop bashing in the last two weeks than ever in my life because of those scoundrels in Uvalde. But we got a guy here in Boston who uh, must be commended today. We'll get to that and a lot more. But first, all right, let's talk about Radix. Radix Premium Cannabis was started by three lifelong friends and cannabis connoisseurs out of Texas. And they're a nationwide leader in the cannabis industry, offering only the very best products. Cannabis is one of the oldest medicines known to man and has been exploding in popularity in recent years with increased use of federally legal CBD and Delta 8 products. No matter what you aim to do with cannabis, Radix is your remedy. Their premium hemp is grown organically in the U.S., and their CBD uses the most advanced technology for maximum effectiveness. If it's on Radix's site, it's better than the rest. Their hottest items are THC gummies. These are a great tasting way to enhance your recreation time, reduce anxiety, increase your appetite, or all of the above. They also carry Sleepy Bears, which are delicious and effective sleep aid gummies infused with melatonin. Another popular item, Delta 8 vapes, which don't clog like most of the vapes, and they work fantastically. Additional products Radix offers include topicals, edibles, dry herb, and cannabis-enhanced nootropics. All of their products can be purchased as monthly subscriptions at reduced rates. Get 15% off and free shipping on orders of $35 or above with promo code JERRY at RadixRemedies.com. Check them out and take advantage of the special offer we've secured just for our listeners. And remember, Radix, your remedy. All right, let's get to, uh, you know, you want to do, you want to tell me uh, how you bet, how you lost, how you handling, how you're getting through. You, uh, did your uh, kids, your kids get on that special school lunch program for, you know, <laughs> underprivileged kids with deadbeat parents? Have they done that yet? I only lost 30 bucks. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's 30 bucks that, uh, did you still have enough to make make the kiddos a lunch today? Well, I'm still in the green from last week and a couple before that. So it's like, you know, I'm not losing you're not, money. You're not, you're not in the green. You're in the black. I'm in the dummy. green. It's, it's, it's the black. Whatever. whatever. You'll be in the red soon. You'll no. be in the red soon. <laughs> I know that's where I don't want to be. <laughs> you have to study the uh, tendencies and all that, the injury reports before you make your bets on Wednesday? I will do that with uh, like weird parlays because if Robert Williams isn't, playing i'm gonna bet that al horford has a great rebounding game right right uh you know what robin williams is a maddening player i mean he, you'd think he would this is chance to shine he's in the nba finals and i swear to god he he's a bit of a drama queen if he's not hurt he's if he's not hurt and out he's playing but he's limping and he's looking for i don't know looking for attention but if he just went out there and plays his ass off for 30 minutes he could make such a big difference i know you know, if you obviously you try to run at the shooters, force them into the middle, they go to the paint and there he is. He could have a huge impact, but half the time he's hobbling or limping or hanging his head. Uh, um, you know, he's, he's so important. So is smart, by the way, if they're going to stop uh, or slow down Curry. But I just think that, show, tell me off the top of your head, you watched the first two games. Mm-hmm. Besides Curry, who's going to come up big for the, uh, Warriors in Boston. And if you say Clay Thompson, I'm going to say you have not watched a minute of this series. Uh, well, this year I've watched like basically every Golden State game. This play, uh, Thompson has the capability still to go nuts. He just hasn't this series. See so something off. He's hurt. I mean, what was he one? When I say one for eight. How many missed layups pointers. were there last night, though? That was the craziest thing. They, they missed like uh, uh, Van Gundy was hopping on that. Just six or seven in the first half missed yeah. layups. Uh, they just don't have, I mean, maybe Wiggins, maybe Andrew Wiggins, but it just doesn't seem like if Curry does his thing, puts up 30, they need someone else. They need, a, he needs a, uh, he needs a wingman. And, uh, I'm not sure they have it as long as Clay Thompson is hurt. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, last night, Jason Tatum didn't have it either. He didn't have the wingman to help him. You got two stars, two superstars, 
and then you need other guys to step up. Yeah. And uh, the Celtics have more candidates for that job. That's yeah. that's why I'm picking them to win. Get Jalen Brown until he got iced out by the refs. Don't make me Jaylen, don't make I'm me done, pull don't, don't make me pull up this pool uh, <laughs> foul here when he didn't even touch him. No. Not pool. Gary Payton. Uh, uh, but I'm not saying the refs didn't screw up, but they certainly would weren't screwing up one way and not the other. It's just. Mm. I have no tolerance for that. They get smoked, by the way. If it's a well, one, two point game, they lost that game. It was thirty points. They got that crushed, yeah. just crushed. They stomped them. Ruined which the is momentum. Easier, much, much easier to do at home. I don't see that happening in Boston. Uh, but uh, we'll see. I, I love watching Curry play, though. So I look forward to him coming in here and in a hostile environment. Celtics will win. Again, I, I started off by saying in seven, I, I changed to six. I'm sticking with that. Celtics in six. But all right, let's get to. Uh, oh, you Ricky, want, oh, did you did you want the uh, the spread of the next game real quick? I did. Is that asking too much? No, it's uh, Warriors plus three and a half. Three and a half. All right, I'm giving the points and taking the Celtics. What about you, Ironhead? You're the one with the, all the money riding here. You're going to roll that $30? Oh, no, you lost 30 I'm still, I'm still up. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. That's, I don't like that line at all. Really? Giving Golden State almost four points. It's a game of swings and momentum. The first two games were blowouts. I don't know if you noticed, but anyway, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to. It. I find it entertaining. I'm surprised the ratings are so bad. But again, it's what happens when you start at nine o'clock and or eight o'clock on a Sunday. Mm. Last, last night will be better. There'll be better numbers. Why wasn't that game on Saturday? I don't know. I don't know how they come up with it. I don't know. They like Sunday night. They like Sunday night. It's a big TV watching night. There's not a lot of competition. Uh, people are settled in, getting ready to finish their weekend with a little entertainment. And they did, which was good because on Saturday night, I watched Ricky Gervais and his special <laughs> called Super Nature and... I think Gervais, again, I say this about uh, Chappelle, is not like laugh out loud funny, although I did laugh. I had some some good laughs. I think he does, which is why I like him, he does what Chappelle does. He pokes the bear, you know, the golden calf or whatever, the, the, the sacred cow. And in this case, and we played it the other day, we could play it again, the, the jokes he tells about the um, transgender women. And he does temperate uh uh, later in the bit talking about he b- believes in trans rights, their human rights and everyone. Uh, and he says, that's why I, I believe in treating everyone fairly in the same. That's why I include you in this. But the trans community, the trans mob doesn't care about that. They think they should be the one sacred cow. They should be the one group who's off limits to comedians like Gervais. And he had kept stopping and, and he, he laughs at his own jokes a lot, but he must have stopped half a dozen times. So oh, Netflix will cut this out. I, this won't make the final show. And because he knew he was going places that were going to rankle some people, which is what I like about him. He did a whole thing. You know, he, he's, he's like George Carlin. He, he's an atheist. And he did a whole thing about religion and religious people. He mocked when you think about all the people he mocked out, he mocked the handicapped. He talked about beating up a, a, a disabled child. He made a big joke about people accuse him of punching down. He goes, you know, like I'm beating up a disabled child. And he did a whole thing on that. He makes fun of everybody. That's what he's supposed to do. He includes the trans community in his lampooning. They should, the the idea, and the the reason I love this is because it really does point out the double standard, the hypocrisy that we're allowed, you know, to make fun of whatever group, you know, hell, he's allowed to make fun of gay people. They're not, sacred anymore we've moved on only trans people are sacred so he makes fun of everybody you know religious people and uh you know whatever uh, fat people obese people handicapped people uh and uh, gay people and includes the transgender community that's good that, that he's he's too big to cancel like Chappelle. so you can't say uh, oh, you know, let's march, let's whatever, protest, let's have a die-in. Like the Amazon employees the other day did a die-in to protest the fact that Amazon won't ban more books. That's how emboldened they feel. They work at Amazon, the biggest bookseller in the world. And they had a protest where they pretended to die and they covered themselves in rainbow flags 
because Amazon, the biggest bookseller in the world, won't ban books. How crazy is that? We've reached the point where booksellers, employees, are upset that the bookseller won't ban books. But if it's a book that, you know, points out the the horrors of the uh, whole transgender movement, you can't read that. No, we don't allow, ooh, no, 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 we must ban it. We will not allow you to read it. Kind of like, kind of like uh, Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman? Again, calling out the hypocrisy, the, the reality of the transgender movement. And Matt Walsh over the weekend posted a bunch of emails from critics. They sent it to movie critics at various publications, and they all write back, I mean, almost all write back and say, screw you, you bigot, we're not even going to look at your movie. They won't even look at it. They won't review it. They won't acknowledge it. And I don't understand why Matt Walsh doesn't include their names, but he continues to show all the critics saying, go, go screw you bigots. You, you, you. And then he blocks out, he redacts the names. I don't understand why you wouldn't include the names or why, why he owes them anything. But anyway, back to Ricky Gervais. <laughs> Am I saying that right? Got it. <laughs> In my defense, we talked about this the other day. I said it right half the time and wrong half the time. Yeah, and you you didn't point that out to me, but I kept saying Ricky Gervais, oh. and then I'd say Gervais, Gervais, Gervais. Well, I didn't want to just you know stop it and be like, actually, it's Gervais. So I just <laughs> I, I, I decided to say his name I, and hope you heard me. <laughs> I get confused because I have a good friend named spelled the same way, and it's Jarvis, just Jarvis, same exact spelling. So you see the Jarvis, Gervais, Gervais, and I flipped the coin. But anyway, Gervais, who by the way is fat and and he's drinking Bud Light, gunning down beers the whole time, which is old school. You know, you, most comedians now have their bottle of water and their and but but he he when he did the Oscars, Gervais had a glass of beer like on the podium. Yeah, and he was great doing the Oscars, poking just lampooning everyone in the in the audience. All the in this case, he's got like line. He must have a lineup of like sixteen ounce Bud Lights behind the desk in there, and he just mm-hmm. kept every time. He wanted, you know, uh, take a quick break. He just sucked down half a beer and he's admits that he's fat and he's going to die young and everything else. He, he does <laughs> mock himself more than anyone else. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's very self-deprecating and he, but he does things hoping to piss off people, which is what I love. I love that. Go there. You know that he thinks about, should I go there or not? And he decides, yes, I'll go there. And like Chappelle, he's too big to cancel. So I think what he does is kind of kick in the door for lesser known comedians or, or whatever writers, because, you know, he's, he's, he's going there. He's making fun of trans people, which is, you know, uh, obviously no, that's just not allowed in most places, but he can't, he can do that. He can get away with it, which is great. But do you have that, the, uh, the, the riff on the trans people again? The old fashioned women. Oh, God. you know, the ones with wombs. Oh. <laughs> Those fucking dinosaurs. <laughs> no, I love the, the new women. I know the new women. They're great, aren't they? You know, the new ones we've been seeing lately. The, one, the ones with beards and cocks. They're as good as... <laughs> they're as good as gold. I love them. No, it's the old-fashioned. And now the old-fashioned, they're like, oh, they want to use our toilets. Why shouldn't they use your toilets? For ladies. They are ladies. Look at their pronouns. <laughs> what about this person isn't a lady? Well, his penis. <laughs> Her penis, you fucking bigot. <laughs> What if he rapes me? What if she rapes you? <laughs> you fucking turf whore. Uh, no, there's oh, so many people said, don't do that. Don't go there. And he just goes there anyway. And he cracks himself up. You know, usually I don't like when comedians just laugh at their own jokes, but he lacks, he cracks himself up. And it's again, not because it's funny. And it is. It's because he knows it's dangerous. And, I pointed this out the other day on Twitter. Somebody called Tucker Carlson dangerous. You know, he's dangerous because he was talking about replacement theory, which he wasn't, but he was, uh, he pointed out that that's a a demographic uh, theory, a demographic approach for the Democrats to replace the voters in certain districts with, with new voters who will vote their way. But anyway, so he's dangerous. And I go, 
aren't all the great ones dangerous when you think about whether it's comedians or, or uh, commentators, pundits, I mean, if there's no danger, do you really care what they have to say? See, I'm not, I'm not a Sebastian Maniscalco guy. And some people love him. I was last time we was at the Boston garden. He had a huge crowd. I mean, lines and limos, people love him. And you know, he has his moments, but there's never anything dangerous. You know, he talks about, I was watching his last special and did a whole thing on, you know, running on the treadmill next to someone else at the gym. And I'm going, that's, that's just, you know, that's just fluff. You know, that's what it is. Fluff. It's, it's, it's cotton candy. You can eat it, taste it, but there's no danger in his act. Would you agree? I don't know what, uh, what blind Mike has to say about Sebastian well, Maniscalco. I mean, there's definitely no danger. He talks basically about Italian moms leaving cakes out for right. guests. It's, it's the old airline food, yeah. you know, the airline food, uh, the black box on the airplane. And it's just this, it's just day to day, you know, observations, which I guess, you know, it gets an audience and he's and wildly successful, but he doesn't draw you in like Ricky Gervais or Dave Chappelle does, or George Carlin did that. What's he going to say to piss people off today? To me, that's the real allure of, of a great comedian. I mean, you can tell, or, you know, in the case of like Gilbert Gottfried, he's, he was just so unbelievably offensive. It wasn't necessarily political or, uh, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, lampooning the, you know, the, the sacred cow of the day. It was incredibly offensive and it was dangerous in that way. But I guess I just, I prefer the dangerous ones. And Ricky Gervais is definitely one of those. And he brags about how much money he has all the time and how wealthy he is, which he is, as you pointed out, he, he created the office. And I think that's probably, uh, he's probably had Seinfeld money, right? Yeah. Which is, um, which is. He also did, um, uh, there's an HBO show, uh, like extras or something that was pretty big. And he, so he has the ultimate F you money and he knows it. And I'm sure Netflix can't mess with, with him. You know, they can't like say, Oh, we're going to take that out. But, uh, I, uh, I, I recommend it highly. I've not gotten to the Norm Macdonald one yet. I'm going to, you didn't build it up. You didn't sell me on the Norm Macdonald. I can't, I can't sell it. I can't sell it. You didn't like it, huh? I, I've tried putting it on a couple times and it's just, I don't know. Maybe if he was alive, maybe I could stomach it, but I'm just like, this isn't funny. He's, <laughs> he's dead. Alive. Well, I'm just like, he's dead. And this is weird. In the first 10, 15 minutes, he makes it extra awkward by the way he's talking. I don't know. He's, he's like throwing on, a, there's no audience voice. <laughs> I don't know. It was different. It was different. All right, before we wrap this up, you really uh, sold me on that Norm McDonald. Can't wait. I'm not, try, I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch. Excuse me. I'll watch it knowing he's done. That's it. We're, we're done. All right. Uh, let me do Shay, and then we'll get to this uh, heroic cop and uh, the deafening silence from the uh, usual suspects um, in, uh, around uh, the cops. But uh, let's do Shay. I would have been telling you about Shea Concrete for a long, long time. Today, we're sitting with the man who makes it all work, the man in charge of the whole place, my brother-in-law, Greg. Hey, Greg, seems like business is booming at Shea Concrete. We're cranking that out, Jerry. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, what's holding you back these days? We could use some good help. You need people? We need people. How many people do you need? At least 20 people. 20? Well, what kind of people? We have positions driving trucks, working in the production plants, estimating engineers, all kinds. Do you need any podcasters? <laughs> and all we do have the precast podcast. Well, I, I think it seems like a great place to work, as I tell people. It's a family atmosphere. You guys are good to your people. There's a great gym here at the headquarters. Uh, what's holding you back? Why can't you find people? Besides being to work on time, you have to pass the drug test. Ooh, <laughs> you have to pass a drug test. That's all it takes. All right, if people want to uh, come see you, they want to talk, what do they have to do? Bunch of ways. They can, if they want to be a team member, they can go to shakeconcrete.com, fill out an application. They can come to our, any of our offices. We got four locations. They can call me up directly. They can email jobs at shakeconcrete.com. And you'll give them a hat? And we'll give them a hat. Hats. Yep. All right, sounds good. Shakeconcrete.com. I saw a really cool, uh, nice cafeteria here. Can we go have lunch? 
Oh, absolutely. We got empanadas and chicken. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know what they are, but I'm going to go have an empanada. Uh, his name is Paul O'Connor. He's a Massachusetts State Trooper. And on Saturday, I was out and about walking around. It was a beautiful day. Oh, by the way, I didn't even mention this. I went to the wildest sporting event I've ever seen in my life. I saw, I saw that video that you posted. It was just bizarre. I, we walked over, my wife and I, the Red Bull Cliff Diving Championship or Cliff Diving Circuit. They set up a board on top of an art museum in the seaport of Boston. It's 100 feet up. It's kind of cold. It was like 60-something and windy. I mean, we were people were cold just watching. The water is the Boston Harbor. You know, it's full of crap and jellyfish and sharks. And cool. <laughs> I don't think this any sharks, but maybe. <laughs> and there's a million. And, and I, we said, let's go check it out. It sounds interesting. It was huge. I mean, there had to be. Uh, 15,000 people all around, people in boats and up in buildings and tops of buildings all watching these lunatics dive. And they do it all over the world. They showed you their their schedule, their circuit there, like in Chile and they're in France and Croatia and Saudi Arabia. And they're jumping off cliffs in some places and in some places they jump off buildings. In Boston, they jump off buildings. It goes for like three hours. There's a woman's board, by the way, and it's 20 feet lower than the man, which... Someone that explained to me why why is the man the men why do they jump from a higher height I don't know but and I don't know what I'm watching you know they would post it and say triple axle whatever triple somersault and you're supposed to uh, the only thing I know is if they make a big splash that's not a good dive you know I learned that from Fortin Mellon in uh, back to school but I don't for the most part they just all look like crazy bastards and and you say. That those are the ultimate daredevils jumping from a hundred feet up for my pleasure. And it was awesome. It was a, it was a great show, but we were walking over to watch the Red Bull diving. And there was just a million sirens and cops and fire trucks and helicopters heading the other way. We're like, wonder what's going on. It sounds pretty wild. It was one guy on the Tobin bridge getting ready to jump. The cops show up and Talked him down. That's their job. Apparently they did it and did it well. And a picture went viral. The, the state police tweeted it out because it was one of their own mass state trooper, Paul O'Connor. And apparently he's a, a, a great guy. Everyone was tweeting at me, telling me he's an ex Marine and just a good man. And he's got the suspect or whatever. The jumper is bent over crying and Paul O'Connor has his arm around him. And they tweet out, you know, uh, this is a uh, state trooper, Paul O'Connor, consoles distraught man on the Tobin Bridge after successfully talking him out of committing suicide. And he was on the edge of the upper deck, threatening to jump right where Charles Stewart jumped from, by the way, successfully, thankfully. And he, they say, if you're thinking of call, uh, committing suicide, call the hotline. And it's just an unbelievably, you know, poignant photo. And I retweeted it and I commended him as lots and lots of people did. And I'm waiting and I'm thinking, if you're a congressperson, you got 15,000 likes and 1,600 retweets from people and every one of them saying, God bless you, trooper, great job. And I said, I wonder what my congresswoman, Ayanna Presley, who always takes the opportunity to bash a cop, if someone anywhere in the country, a cop, screws up. She will bash them. She lies about them constantly. Says cops are all racist. She says they murdered 70 innocent people after the Chauvin verdict two years ago. A, a flat out lie, but no one ever calls her on it except me. And I'm waiting. Nothing. Still nothing. I'm uh, from Ayanna, from uh, Liz Warren, from Ed Markey, from any of them. You can't look at that and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tweet that and say, nice job, officer. But nothing. They, these people are just loathsome. They just do not miss the opportunity to bash cops and lie about the cops and malign the cops when a cop does something great like this. Not a friggin' word. Yep. Checking Ayana right now. Nothing. Not a word. She will, if a cop in whatever, Topeka, Kansas, you know, screws up and, you know, shoots a black suspect today, she'll be tweeting about how cops all suck. How do people vote for that? How do people vote for this woman? I'll never understand, but had to get that off my chest. All right. Anything else? Ironhead. Uh, I just got the, uh, the trans cyclist. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. This is a good photo. This is a great photo over the weekend. I think largely because of Matt Walsh and other, and, and Ricky Gervais and Dave Chappelle, people are starting to wise up and Leah Thomas, but this could be the greatest photo ever. Uh, when you want to talk about just the, the utter self-indulgence of the trans athletes, I shouldn't say that the transgender women, it doesn't go the other way, transgender women, biological men who play sports just because they like to beat up on girls who like to dominate like Leah Thomas, like to dominate the girls, get off on that and say, justify it all by saying, it makes me happy. It makes me happy, which is why Ironhead's going to play Pop Warner this week. He's going to, this uh, fall, you're going to play Pop Warner up there against the nine-year-olds because yeah. it'll make you happy. Why not? I mean, who cares if it's unfair? It makes you happy. So this is a cycling race, a bicycling race in England. And it's the metal stand. And the winner and the second place finisher are both men, biological men. And they got their prizes, whatever the hell those are, including, what does it say? Thunder something? Uh, they get their prizes, some weird trophy, and uh, they're 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 sucking face on the metal stand. Thunder crit, uh, whatever. Thunder is that the name of the race? I guess it's the name of the race. And yeah. they got their. It looks like some kind of skateboard. The winner won, but anyway, they're making out on the metal stand. And the third place finisher is a little lady, you know, like a normal sized woman. These are two big men, and she's holding her baby on the metal stand. It's like the perfect picture. If we had, you know, if like the Pulitzer was fair and honest, this would win it. What a, what a picture (laughs) sums it up. These two care nothing about the girls. They like to beat them. They like to embarrass them. They like to cheat, which is what they do. And they are uh, enjoying each other's company on the freaking metal stand. And, and we're all supposed to say, isn't that wonderful? Well, we're not going to do it. Damn it. We're not going to do it, and neither are the Tampa Bay Rays pitchers. They're standing up for themselves. I look forward to the bashing and the beating they're going to take in the media because that just makes them, to me, even more courageous. In the face of the mob, that is real courage in 2022. But we will leave it there. Thanks to you. uh, Thanks to everyone for listening, for watching. Thanks to you, Ironhead, for producing. Thanks to our man, Graham, our marketing manager. Good job by the G-Man. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.